With each module's curriculum, the expertise of the InterMBA faculty moves us forward in our journey to become more wise and compassionate at work. We've created this podcast platform so that these sessions are available to you not only on the learning platform, but also here in audio format. It's our hope that having the core curriculum available in this way will enable you to experience these teachings at your own pace and in the way that works best for you. I'm Dr. Shauna Shapiro, and I'm delighted to be here with you to share both the science and practice of self-compassion. So I'd like to begin by simply preparing our mind for learning. You can lower your gaze or let your eyes close and just take a moment to arrive here. Arrive in the present moment. Arrive in your body. Notice your breathing and simply setting the intention for learning, for staying open and curious. What the research shows is that when we have an open, curious attitude, it actually creates the best environment for learning. So take another moment setting this intention to be kind, open, curious, and we can begin. You can let your eyes open. You can go ahead and just stretch your arms if that feels good. So let's begin. Self-compassion is one of the most powerful and overlooked resources that we have available to us. The word compassion in Tibetan is considered incomplete if it doesn't include oneself. True compassion always includes ourselves, and yet it's not so easy. What self-compassion means is that we treat ourselves as we would treat a dear friend who's having a hard time. We learn to bring the same kindness, the same tenderness to ourselves that we would bring to a dear friend. And yet this isn't what we typically do. Typically, we focus on our deficiencies, on our mistakes. We beat ourselves up. We have this mistaken belief that if we judge ourselves, somehow we'll change or get better. There's a classic cartoon by Jules Pfeiffer, and he says, I grew up to have my father's looks, my father's speech patterns, my father's posture, my father's walk, my father's opinions, and my mother's contempt for my father. And you know what I'm talking about, this kind of stream of internal judgment that we are constantly beating ourselves up and feeling like we don't measure up and that somehow we think that this will help us, that it will help us become more patient or exercise more or be a more loving mother. But this shame and this self-judgment don't work. They literally can't work, at least not in the long term because shame shuts down the learning centers of the brain. So this is a fMRI of your brain when you're experiencing shame. 
And what happens is the amygdala, the part of our brain that's central to memory, decision-making, emotions, it triggers a cascade of norepinephrine and cortisol, chemicals that increase our stress level, narrow our perspective, and inhibit our cognitive flexibility. What shame does is it puts us in the grip of fight, flight, or freeze, and inhibits our capacity to learn and to respond in a healthy way. Instead of helping us grow and evolve, shame undermines our very belief in ourselves. It corrodes the very part of us that believes we're capable of change. So if shame doesn't help us, right, if it only harms us, what's the alternative? It's self-compassion. If we want to learn from our mistakes, if we want to keep from repeating them, we need a compassionate mindset, not shame. Self-compassion not only soothes our pain through the release of oxytocin, it also turns on the learning and motivation centers of the brain. It literally gives us the resources we need to change. So I want to share with you a clinical story. This is, for me, one of the most impactful moments I had as a therapist, as a clinical psychologist. I was teaching at a veterans hospital and I was working with a group of veterans um, who suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. And there was one man in the group who never said a word, never looked up. He just sat in silence. And three months passed and I was starting to get worried. Like, I'm not able to help him. What can I do? And then one day he raised his hand and he said, I don't want to get better. I'd never heard someone say that before. I don't deserve to get better. What I saw in the war, what I did, I don't deserve to get better. And then he proceeded to tell us in great detail what he'd seen and, and what he had done. And the shame that he was feeling was palpable in the room. And I was nervous because what he had done was actually quite wrong. And I looked around the room worried that others would be judging him. And there was no judgment on their faces. There was only compassion. They were able to see who he truly was, not based on his past actions, not based on what had happened. Everyone in the room knew what had happened was wrong, but they were willing to let him change. They were willing to see him now in this moment. And as he looked up and received that compassion, you could feel this kind of thawing or this shift begin to happen. And over the weeks and months that I continued to work with him, you could see this disarmoring against himself that he started to open to the possibility of having compassion. And he shared this. I'm going to read it to you because it was quite powerful. He said, the military trains you to survive in combat. When you're there, you rely on your training and you trust your instincts, but nothing can prepare you to fight against yourself. How do you fight a battle when the good guy and the bad guy are the same guy? I finally realized that fighting won't lead to peace. I will never forget what happened, but I'm not going to waste any more energy beating myself up for it. I still have life inside of me and I want to live it for something bigger than myself. So this is the power of self-compassion. This veteran's words reveal that change is always possible, that 
regardless of our past, compassion can help us rediscover our dignity and our purpose. The revolutionary act of treating ourselves kindly can begin to reverse years or even a lifetime of shame. Like a guiding light, self-compassion allows us to face our darkness. So again, it's not about pretending that everything's perfect. It's not about ignoring the challenge. It's actually giving us the courage and the resources to see clearly all of who we are. Now, I want to be clear that self-compassion doesn't mean that we don't feel remorse. There's a difference between toxic shame and healthy remorse. What self-compassion does is gives us the courage, just like that veteran, to look at our lives, to see them clearly, but to not get swallowed up in the shame. 